Section 19 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Johnny of Breddislee. Johnny of Breddislee, outlaw and deer stealer, was one of the broken men, as they were called, the Ishmaels of the border. Johnny rose up one May morning and called for water to wash his hands. He ordered to be unleashed his good grey dogs that were bound with iron chains. When his mother heard that he had called for the dogs, she wrung her hands. "'Oh, Johnny,' she cried, "'for my blessing, do not go to the greenwood today. Ye have enough of good wheat bread, enough blood-red wine. Therefore, Johnny, I pray, stir not from home for any venison. But despite his mother's tears, Johnny busked up his good bent bow and his arrows, and went off to Durris deer to hunt down the dun deer. As he came by Merrymass, he spied a deer lying beneath a bush of firs. Johnny let fly an arrow, and the deer leapt as the pitiless shaft found its mark, and between the water and the bray his good hounds laid her pride. So Johnny cut up the venison, giving the liver and lungs to his faithful hounds, as if they had been earl's sons. With such zest did they eat and drink that Johnny and the dogs fell asleep, as if they had been dead. Then, as they lay, there came by a silly old man, and as soon as he saw the poachers, he ran away to Hislington, where the seven foresters were. What news, they asked, what news bring ye, ye grey-headed carl? I bring no news, said the grey-headed carl, save what my eyes did see. As I came down by Merrymass among the stunted trees, the bonniest child I ever saw lay asleep among his dogs. The shirt upon his back was of fine Holland, his doublet over that was of Lincoln twine, his buttons were of the good gold, the mouths of his good grey hounds were dyed with blood. Now Johnny, like many another free-hearted outlaw, was a well-liked man. So the chief forester said, If this be Johnny of Breddislee, we will draw no nearer. But this was not the spirit of his men. Quoth the sixth forester, If it indeed be he, rather let us slay him. Cautiously they went through the thicket, and when they saw their man asleep, and helpless, they shot a flight of arrows. Johnny sprang up, sore wounded on the knee. The seventh forester cried out, The next flight will kill him. But little chance did the outlaw give them for such an easy victory. He set his back against an oak, and propped his wounded leg upon a stone. With bow or with sword he was a better man by far, than any of his foes. In the short, sharp fight that followed, he killed six of the foresters, 
some with arrow and some with steel, and when the seventh turned to flee, Johnny seized him from behind and threw him to the ground with a force that broke three of his ribs. Then he laid him on his steed and bade him carry the tidings home. But Johnny himself was hurt to death. Is there no bonny singing bird, he cried, that can fly to my mother's bower and tell her to fetch Johnny away? A starling flew to his mother's window-sill and sang and whistled, and the burden of its tune was ever the same. Johnny tarries long. So the men made a litter from rods of the hazel bush and of the thorn and fetched Johnny away. Then his old mother's tears flowed fast, and she said, Ye would not be warned, my son Johnny, to bide away from the hunting. Oft have I brought to Breddislee the less or greater gear, but never what grieved my heart so sorely. But woe betide that silly old grey-headed carl, an ill death shall he die. The highest tree in Merry Mass shall be his reward. Now Johnny's good bent bow is break, and his good grey dogs are slain, and his body lies dead in Durry's deer, and his hunting it is done. End of section 19